grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are entering into the Red Letter Challenge. Those of you who have been here over the last couple of weeks have heard something about this. Some of you have pre-ordered this book. Some of you have picked it up. And we'll talk more specifically about the book at the end of this sermon. But this is the Red Letter Challenge, and we will be in this for the next six weeks. Now, even though it's not technically Lent yet until Ash Wednesday when the, the Lenten season officially begins, during our Lenten season beginning today, the Red Letter Challenge will serve as our guide. And this is more than just a sermon series that's happening here on Sunday mornings. Over the next 40 days, we will worship together, but you will be encouraged to be in the Word of God, reading the words of Jesus Christ every single day, if you're married, hopefully, with your spouse, and doing the daily challenges that are there, which are very, um, I, I hope, practical things that you can accomplish in that given day. And through our reading of the Red Letter Challenge, this could be the time in your life where your faith is the most stretched and grown that it has ever been. This may be the time in our church's life that we make the greatest impact on our community that we've ever had. The potential is here. I'm so excited to be in this journey with you for the next 40 days. Have you ever had really good intentions but totally missed the mark? I have many times, but let me share with you just one story. I'm not a very good gift giver. All right, let me just put that out there. Gift giving is not my spiritual gift. It's not my love language. Thankfully, I have a very understanding and gracious wife. And after 12 some years of marriage, we've come to some agreements, which is basically at times like Christmas, she is very specific with me, not leaving me guessing. She gives me a list and even narrows down that list so much to say, just buy me these things. And then goes down so far as to even actually send me the links to the things on the internet where I can just go and purchase it. So no hard feelings, no other expectations. It works for us. Maybe some of you could take a hint. That's good advice. All right. So this Christmas, Abby sent me a link to um, a pair of thermals, like a, a sweatshirt, sweatpant combo kind of thing, nice cozy clothes for cold UP winters. And she sent me the thing. I went online. The model on the computer screen is wearing shirts and a pant, pants. And the, the, the heading on the, uh, on the purchase item says um, Henley. Uh, I don't know what Henley is, but that's, that's what it said. So I made the purchase. I made the purchase, and I thought, wow, this is, this is a good deal. You see, she had actually even told me, you should purchase it within this window of time because it'll also be on sale during this time. And I thought, hey, what a, what a great sale. Like, I thought it should be at least twice as expensive as this, even on sale. But a couple of days later, uh, Abby approached me, and she said very nicely, um, did you you know, buy that thing that I sent to you because today is the last day of that sale, you know? And I, I gave her that look like, <laughs> you know, I got this under control kind of thing. Like, you know, if, if I can't give you a gift that you told me what to give you, I, you know, I've got nothing. So I got things under control. And she said to me, well, I wasn't trying to, but I looked at the bank account and um, I saw that you made a purchase at that place that, you know, you were going to buy the stuff. And I don't think that you bought the right thing. I said, what do you mean I don't buy the right thing? I, went, I bought the thing, you know? And she said, well, you only paid half as much as it should have cost. 
And I said, well, I don't know how that's possible. I pulled up the, the, the website and I went to the page and, and she said, is this what you bought? And I said, this is what I bought. And she said, well, that says Henley on it. And I said, I know it says Henley. What's Henley? She said, Henley is a style of shirt. And I said, well, so I only bought the shirt? And she said, yes, you only bought the shirt. And, and I said, well, now I got to buy the pants. So I went to buy the pants, but then it had been such a killer sale. The pants are now sold out. So I got this shirt, and then she very graciously said, okay, here are two other options of sweatpants that you can buy me, all right? So she gives me the two options. I pick one, I buy it, <sighs> done deal. Christmas comes, she opens the presents a couple of days later. She checks the bank account, and she says, how much did you pay for those pants? And I, I said, I don't know, I just bought them. She said, well, when I sent them to you, they were on sale? And I said, I didn't, I just... So long story short, I paid twice as much for the pants that didn't match the shirt, and we got we just, here's the deal. She could not have been more clear with me, and I could not have botched it better. I don't know. You know my intentions were right. My intentions were good, but I completely missed the mark. Have you ever completely missed the mark? As a follower of Jesus Christ, I know that I often miss the mark. God has great plans for me, and oftentimes I only buy half the product. I keep the parts that I like and the parts that I don't understand or I don't really care for, or I set aside. And sometimes I even am shooting at what he sets up for me, and I do just completely flat out miss the target. As followers of Jesus Christ, I would say often we're notorious for missing some of the things that God has placed right in front of us. We miss the mark. And we're not alone. We all do it. Even Jesus' own disciples do it. We saw it in the gospel lesson today in the story of the transfiguration. Jesus took his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John, with him up on a mountain. And in the scriptures, things happen on mountains. God shows up on mountains. If you ever read the Old Testament, things happen on mountains. And so Jesus brings him up on the mountain, and there, before their very eyes, Jesus is transfigured. What does that mean? I don't fully know, but his, his glory was revealed to them, his face shone. Uh, what, what is happening here is the, the fullness of the deity of God, which Jesus is, is being made manifest to them. They actually see Jesus for who he is. Up to this point, they thought Jesus was just kind of a man, a good teacher, but right now they actually see that he is God in the flesh. And their presence is Moses, the giver of the law in the Old Testament, and Elijah, the greatest of the prophets, two guys who have not walked on the face of the earth for a long time. And they're having a conversation about Jesus' death and resurrection coming up, and Peter, James, and John are witnessing this. And as they're about to leave, Peter speaks up, and he says, Lord, uh, how about I build three tents for you guys? We could just stay here. We can just live here. We don't need to go back down to the real world. This is too good. Let's just, let's just be here. But the Bible even says Peter didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> he didn't know what he was saying. Peter's missing the mark here. The purpose of this, the purpose of this transfiguration story is that Peter, James, and John were witnesses to the fact that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the very Son of God. God come into the flesh for the salvation of the world. Peter missed the mark. Peter missed the mark. Peter thought that something else was happening here. Peter missed the mark. And this won't be the only time in Peter's following after Jesus where he specifically misses the mark. I understand Peter. 
Um, I get Peter. I relate well to Peter in the scriptures. If you've read anything about Peter, his words, um, I, I understand him. He often speaks bold words of faith, but just misses the mark. As followers of Jesus, we oftentimes have the right intentions, even good intentions, but we completely miss out on the opportunities that God is putting in front of us. My Christian friends, and I consider you my friends, those of you sitting here today, we have to admit that we are broken, sinful people, and we don't have it all together. And I join you right here as we, as we confess our sins together this morning. And because we are broken, sinful people, this affects our relationship with God. It affects our understanding of who he is and our understanding of who we are. Even if we understand and receive the grace of God, we still don't fully get it. And our broken, sinful nature also affects the way that we follow after Jesus. And oftentimes in our following after Jesus as broken, sinful people, we oftentimes even don't represent Jesus well to the world. You know the world is watching you Christian people. Do you not? They are. And often we as Christians don't represent Jesus well in the world. I know I haven't. Oftentimes, when we should give grace, we give guilt. Oftentimes, when we are called to be loving, instead we are livid. When we are, have opportunities to be generous, oftentimes we are jealous. We've given Jesus a bad name in the lives of many people in this world. And because of our poor representation of Jesus, oftentimes we have pushed people further away from Jesus than we have led them to his loving arms. And so we find ourselves here in this place once again, once again, coming to the foot of Jesus Christ and saying to him, Lord, will you forgive me? Will you have me back Jesus, I know that I'm selfish. I know that I'm prideful. I know that I'm even fearful to say your name in this world, Lord, but will you forgive me once again? And Jesus speaks to us, and he says, I forgive you. I love you. Of course I do. You are mine. I want you. I desire you to be mine. Come on, let's do this. I'm with you. Let's go. And this is why the Red Letter Challenge was birthed. And this is why, as a church, I desire that we enter into this Red Letter Challenge together. Because I desire that we as a church and we as the people of God in this place are fully alive in Christ. I pray that you daily experience the fullness of life that Jesus has promised you in his grace and love and peace. I pray, my friends, that you have hope in this life. But that good news, that life in Christ that is given to you as a gift is not just for you. When you are made alive in Christ, you are no longer your own. When Christ gives you life in his name, you therefore are called to be a representative of his in this world. And we are called to daily represent the truth of Jesus Christ in this world to people who really need to really experience the real Jesus. 
And I truly believe that if we give the best representation we can of who Jesus is, that people will fall in love with Jesus. Because who would not fall in love? Who would not fall in love with a loving, patient, gracious God? We know that that's who he is. We've experienced it. This is our opportunity to paint this picture of Jesus in this world so others can know who he is. And we will have the opportunity to do just that. How are we going to do that? Well, that's the big idea behind the Red Letter Challenge. What if we, who are followers of Jesus Christ, actually take the real words of Jesus and put them into practice. This is the big idea. (laughs) This is the big idea of the Red Letter Challenge, and some of you who are really, really smart people, much smarter than me, are looking at this going, that's the big idea? Take the words of Jesus and actually put them into practice? Yes, that's the big idea. And for some of you, that's going to be the hardest thing that you've ever done This is the big idea of the Red Letter Challenge. We will read the words of Jesus and daily put them into practice. Novel, isn't it? Isn't it? In the story of the transfiguration today, God was very, very clear with Peter, James, and John when he spoke to them from this mysterious cloud and he said, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. (laughs) This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. In Jesus' greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gave the key to following after him, and it's twofold. To follow after Jesus means to hear his words and to put them into practice. This is how it goes. Check this out. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I think Jesus is pretty clear. Hear these words and put them into practice. Hear the words, put them into practice. So this is the big idea. This is the big idea of the Red Letter Challenge. We are, we're going to actually take the words of Jesus, the ones that are oftentimes written in red letters in one of your Bibles, if you've got one of those fancy ones, and it puts the words of Jesus in red letters, we're going to take those words, and then we're going to put them into practice. This is the very unoriginal idea that changes the followers of Jesus Christ and has the potential to change the world in which we live. So welcome to the Red Letter Challenge, which is very practically a 40-day life-changing discipleship journey to put the words of Jesus into practice. So the Red Letter Challenge organizes the words of Jesus into five main principles. And that today is serving as an introduction to these five principles. Your reading for this week will serve as an introduction to these five principles. And then from here on out, each of these principles will get a week. All right? So this will be a, a weekly theme. So here are the five main principles, and I'll briefly explain them to you. Being, forgiving, serving, giving, going. First of all, being. You know, <clears throat> so many times Jesus talks about the importance of spending time just being with him. Jesus gives us the opportunity to just be with him. Before he ever calls us to do things for him, he invites us to be with him in his presence, just to slow down and rest in his name. The second is forgiving. 
Jesus is all about forgiving, but so many of us struggle to forgive. Some of us struggle to forgive ourselves, to forgive others, or frankly, some of us even struggle to be forgiven. So we will learn to experience God's grace in our lives and extend that grace to others. The third is serving. After spending time with Jesus, after being forgiven with him, there is no reason that we would not be motivated then to serve in his name in this world. And we will want to go into the community and serve those in need and boldly love our neighbors. The fourth is giving. In Jesus' words and the scriptures, he talks most often, he talks about the kingdom of heaven more than any other theme, the kingdom of heaven. A close second is money, is money. So if we take Jesus fully at his word, it is impossible for us to be stingy Christians. Jesus' followers are generous with their money. Number five is going. It's no coincidence that the last words of Jesus in the scriptures command us to go into the world. We have to. The good news of Jesus is not just for us, but for the world. And how will the world hear if you do not go and speak? These are the five principles. Being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. This is how Jesus describes what followers of his look like. And so over the next 40 days, these are the principles that we are going to put into practice. And we are embarking on a journey where we're not just going to read the word of God, but we're going to put the words of God into practice. And this will be the result. By putting the words of Jesus Christ into practice, you will find the life that God has made for you. I truly believe that by putting the words of God into practice, you will find this life that he has made for you. I'm excited to welcome you into this journey with me. And I want you to know this. I'm going on this journey with you. I'm going on this journey with you. I am not your travel agent that has booked the trip for you, and I'm going to send you off and say, go enjoy your time, report back to me how it was. I'm more like a tour guide who has planned this for you, but I'm going to be going daily into the Word with you. Daily into the Word with you. I'm going to be challenged just like you. And before you go on any trip, it's good to be prepared. And that's what this introduction week is all about, is is preparing us for the journey and telling us what it is that we're going to experience and helping us to pack and to get ready for what is to come. So this week, again, serves as an overview of these five principles. And before you dive into this introduction week, which, by the way, it starts on Tuesday. There is no reading today or tomorrow. It starts on Tuesday. I'll talk more about that in just a second. Here we are. I I just want to go over a couple of housekeeping items for you before we begin this journey. I know sitting in this room, different people here have different personality types. And some of you, when issued a challenge such as this, you are the competitive type, and you hear it to go, yeah, challenge, I can do that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it better than anybody else is, and I'm going to be the first one done, and I'm going to be the best at it. (laughs) Some of you, and I know your type, because I'm like this, are going, challenge? Tell me what to do. I I would never be like that, but I actually would. So, you know, uh, I understand your type as well. So no matter where you fall on the spectrum of handling things like this, I just want to give you a couple of tips as we dive in. Here is number one. Keep Jesus central. 
How foolish would we be in the red letter challenge to try to do the words of Jesus without Jesus? <laughs> this challenge, this red letter challenge, it is more about Jesus than it is about you. Get over yourself, all right? Keep Jesus central. Don't make the mistake of trying to be like Jesus without inviting Jesus into your life. He wants to be with you and change your life. We're going to talk more about that in depth next week. The second is this, invite others into your red letter challenge. Some of you, when you open up this book and you read the daily challenge, some of you are going to look at some of these challenges and you're going to go, that's the challenge? But I already do that. Awesome! Great! Wonderful! But just be aware that for somebody else, that may be the most difficult day in this whole challenge. So be here for one another. Be mutual encouragers of one another. Strengthen one another. Be here for one another because I truly believe if you and I try to put the words of Jesus into daily practice, we need our church family to hold us up. We can't do it alone. The third thing is stay connected. I pray that you're going to be here over the next six Sundays in a row. For some of you, that's going to be a big challenge. But I pray that you will, and if for some reason you can't catch up with our sermons online. Between services, uh, those of you who normally stick around for our Bible study at 10 o'clock, we're taking a little bit different format. The different format here is I'm not going to be lecturing to you, but we will actually be uh, doing like small group studies. I'll be a facilitator. So if you've got a group of friends, grab a coffee and donuts, sit in the multi-purpose room, and we'll be ready to converse further on these topics. Third, uh, third if, if you're not on the email list, I'm going to be sending daily emails of my own reflections and words of encouragement to you. This is the same email list as our weekly email list. So if you get our weekly email, you're good to go. If you don't get our weekly email already, shoot me a note and we'll get you added. We're also on social media, Facebook and Instagram. We'll be posting things there. So if you want to find us there, please do. Last one, books. The books. All right. At the table in the back, um, as soon as you leave today, if you pre-ordered, we've got a book for you. If you haven't, again, if you haven't purchased a book, please purchase a book. If you can't purchase a book for $5, we're giving you a book, all right? So get a book. Uh, and uh, if you have the capacity to make it an addition, additional donation above the $5, that helps to offset the cost. Please do that. Um, also on that table, there is a calendar. Please make sure you pick up a calendar. This has the daily readings for you on it, so you can cross off and not lose track of where we are at. All right, finally, welcome to the Red Letter Challenge. Welcome to the Red Letter Challenge. Listen to me. If you participate in this Red Letter Challenge, if you really take it to heart, I truly believe that you will spend more time with the God who created you and you will experience the love that he has for you. If you take this to heart, I believe that you will forgive people that you never thought that you could forgive. And that might even be yourself. You will serve and you will sacrifice more than you ever have. You will learn to be a more generous person and you will learn to be bold and courageous in speaking the name of Jesus in this world for the sake of the kingdom of God here on earth. My friends, this is what it means to be alive in Christ, hearing the words of God and putting them into practice. We can do this. Let's do this. I'm in this with you. Let's do it together and we're just getting started. There's so much more to come. Go in God's grace and in his peace. Amen.